Welcome back, creeps. Hey, y'all. Welcome to a titillating tales of true terror, I think. Yes. I've got a couple lined up, and this one has actually been ready to go for months, so I think we should start with this. And we actually started recording it last time we recorded, which was a few weeks ago now. Yep. So you're going to see a little costume change here and there if you're watching. But before we start, I've had a few questions. Uh, one from Ogre Comedy, who is a champ and is uh, re-binging our stuff. He wants to know if he's listening to the tarot cards of the day, <laughs> like two years later and all at once. What do those messages mean to him now? <laughs> like, that's a fair question. But I told him, I think like the right message will hit you at the right time. Yeah. So agreed. I feel like um, any of these pieces of information will hit just right, uh, depending on your situation, because there's not the same solution for every problem, you know? Yeah. And uh, aside from that, Ogre, we hope you get better soon. Yep. And. Oh, yeah. The last time we recorded was the Crown episode. Yeah. And then the very like, actually not the very next day, but a couple of days later, I'd completely forgotten that we were actually going to see the New Kirks. Mm -hmm. They're they're doing a live tour right now. I think you can still get tickets. They're doing it in like uh, a few different stages. It, it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. The show was, first of all. The lads on Ghost Story guys gave us a shout out over this as well. Um, anybody who listens to the Ghost Story guys know that I'm working with them now. Uh, just a little bit on the side just to help them out with their workload. So they were talking about us. Saying because they were just about to watch the Unbinding ah. and they had both seen our picture with the Newkirks <laughs> awesome. when we met them at the show. And uh, yeah, I was telling Bren the other day when we were having a chat that like the whole time we were there, I didn't think Greg and Dana could see anybody in the crowd, right? Well, that that's what they said. Yeah, but I kept making eye contact with Dana. Ah. And I was like, oh, she must just be looking at the light. Like, because the door was like behind us or whatever. So that must be all she can see. Yeah, the exit door. But then when we actually chatted with them afterwards, like we weren't special or anything, like anybody could. Meet it was them. a meet and greet for everyone. Yeah. 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 Um, she was like, I was looking at you guys. I knew I recognized. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my God. So, yeah, because um, explain the gift that you got them. I thought it was really nice, honestly. Uh, so I was expecting Connor to be there because he is a producer of the podcast and he is also like a voice in the podcast, audio and visually. Connor Randall, by the way. Yeah. Creator of the SS Method. Yeah. One of Him, the creators. Yeah. One of the creators. Um, so I thought he was going to be there. So I bought him a pin of the tarot card of the star because he had mentioned that he wanted to quit his day job one day and join the new Kirks full time. Uh, so that's what that's for. And then uh, since Dana is a head wit hedge witch and she's been a witch, practicing witch since she was 16, I thought it would be nice for her to have a little heart vial of cascaria. If you don't know what cascaria is, you can use it in rituals or you can just carry it in a vial with you for protection. Um, and also a set of evil eye earrings, you know, because you can attract a lot of bad energy when you are in the spotlight. And I got a flower agate crystal 
with a little fairy hole that you I, I don't think I told you. I don't think I showed you the crystal, but we were in a rush that day. It had a natural uh window into it from one end to the other. Oh wow. Yeah, it was pretty neat. Um, but it was like naturally occurring. And so, anyways, I got that for them because it's supposed to like um promote success and joy and you know just all those really good vibes and when you have really good vibes you attract a lot of good things to you and repel a lot of negative things from you so i thought that was nice <laughs> yeah it was and they were really like um i don't know what's the word like gracious or something yeah Hold on, i'm not gonna stop i'm just gonna move this real quick yeah definitely felt like um you know, like that that teacher's pet who brings the apple to the teacher. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely was nice, felt like though, that. <laughs> because like okay, so yeah, they recognize this because I've chatted with Greg a couple of times just in passing when he's doing the occasional live stream or whatever. Dana has followed us. I actually think she's followed us for a while. Mm. Um on Instagram and like that, like passing messages. But it was just nice to obviously we knew who they were. Yeah. But we had shared that video that we had done for the crone um episode so like we were fresh on their minds as well mm -hmm. but yeah it was it was really nice it was really cool for us it was really cool seeing you guys reacting to, to us, us like yeah meeting them it was surreal like it when we left it felt like you know that feeling you get when you just got out of a roller coaster when you're just like oh my god i can't believe i did that like i was yeah. You know what I mean? No, it was. It was really cool. Like, and it actually made, like, this might sound a bit sappy now, to be honest. But it put, like, the last 12 months into perspective as well. Because it was like, we have actually done a lot in the last 12 months. I feel like it came, like, full circle for you, especially because when you first started watching the Hellier documentary, the that's when the synchronicity started popping off for you. Yeah. In regards to this podcast. And I think, and I remember keeping, like, having to remind you that these are signs from the universe that are telling you to keep on keeping on with this. Yeah. And then more recently in something that I will go into detail in probably in a future episode, uh, hopefully with the new Kirks, to be honest, uh, those synchronicities really piled up this year to the point where I thought I was going crazy. Yeah. And now it, we can talk about it as a joke, but it actually was quite scary. And I think a big warning. Yeah, like, it got to a point where you just weren't feeling right. Like they were scaring you. Yeah. Um, as, dreams that were coming through and stuff like that, which has never happened to me before. Yeah. I'll get into that later. But my gift to the new Kirks, or well, to Greg specifically, was one of these. Uh, I'll hold it up to this camera. So Loftus Hall is this big, spooky place. Any Ghost Adventures fans, this is you a know cup. what it is. Yeah, this is a cup from Loftus Hall as well. It's one of these places that I think I touched on when we covered um, the Hellfire Club, like many moons ago, and the people who were on that episode, Carl and Sarah, and I think Amy was on that episode as well, mm. talking about our time at the Hellfire. But before we discussed the. Um, the the legends behind it and the story of the devil showing up with the to play the card game and then he like shoots off through the roof and then just even more recently on the irish folklore episode i uncovered another version of that story anyway carl and sarah were in loftus hall 
when it was like closing down it's after being bought by another private company and so they got us a load of gear yeah <laughs> not <laughs> what? not but like a load not of heroin, heroin. <laughs> <laughs> a load of loftus hall merchandise merchandise uh socks and everything like and i just thought as i was leaving the house like that's a cool haunted object you know yeah yeah, yeah. so i grabbed especially it and... because you don't know if they're gonna make uh stuff like this anymore because when you when companies buy these places they rename them yeah so we got like a deck of cards that's what that is by the way from loftus hall so it was just a really cool interaction yeah we were blown away and like i said i think the nicest part of the whole thing was how excited you guys all were for us like you know especially I mean? because like i there's literally zero people in my personal life that I can tell this to and they understand yeah. the gravity of that situation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like I explain it and, and, you know, like I, and you know, like the people who are like my biggest champions are my nieces. And so when I tell them, even though they have no idea what's going on, they're like so pumped for me whenever yeah. I told them. And it was, like I at least I got that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like I literally I texted my mom, I was like, You don't know who these people are, but they're famous and they recognize <laughs> us. It's a big deal. Yeah. Um but anyway, yeah, so I know that people were excited to hear more details. That that was it though. That was the story. We we were like patrons of their uh live show that they put on. And it wasn't that I had forgotten about the show, I just didn't realize the date that was in it. So the unbinding came out on like the ninth, and then we saw the live show on the 13th or something yeah and like then the next day we were in like louisiana for a couple of days i kicked the child he did um and so yeah it was just it was a hectic couple of weeks i think things are finally settling down now yeah after like between going back home and coming back and now yeah i definitely have that feeling where it's like oh i need another vacation so <laughs> that's just like the the thing that's telling me that you're back to normal back to normal now <laughs> um but yeah, anyway, so in saying that, let's get on with some spooky stories. Oh, wait, no, give us a tarot card of the day. So first. the tarot card of the day is one that we've pulled before. I mean, a lot of these we have pulled before, but like... Uh, Eventually, we're going to pull all of them multiple times. I think it depends, really. Um, so because there are several cards that I haven't pulled yet. The card of the day is a Ten of Pentacles reversed. So today's message is today... Chances are you're feeling like you have everything you need, maybe even everything you want. Give thanks for the gifts and experiences of your ancestors or the vast body of knowledge created by the masters in your vocation. This is a legacy that has brought you to where you are now. You are taking your place in this lineage. How do you want to be remembered? Like, this is one of those things for me like I saw some, I, 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 I follow this um, lady. Her name is Erica Buenaflor. She's a curandera. If you don't know what it is, Google it. Um, <laughs> but she normally posts like a lot of really good information. Right now she's uh, promoting her new book, her final book that she will ever write because she feels like she's already said everything, which I respect, you know, where she's not just like trying to like yeah. pedal books or whatever. She's just like, this is it. Uh, she's a teacher. She gives classes. Uh, but this is mostly the stuff that she posts on her Instagram. And this last post that she po that she uploaded was like a bunch of memes that were like the mood for her, which is like I've never seen her post things like this. 
So I thought it was funny. But one of the memes that she posted was, I will be remembered as a wild ancestor. And I'm just like, I don't remember my ancestors, but I would surely like to be remembered. And if I'm going to be remembered, I'd rather be remembered as the wild ancestor. And I thought it was interesting because I pulled this card. That is interesting. Yeah. It doesn't speak to me in the same way because I have a shopping cart full of camera gear. That I'm <laughs> but no, on that level, though, yeah, I think I'll be remembered as the odd one, to be honest. Yeah. I'm fine with that. For sure. Well, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Our first story today is from Jade. Hey, Jade. Hey, Jade. And Jade says... Sorry, real quick, actually. Jade sent this like back in June. Send us your stories. We will get them... To them eventually hey jade from all. june and jade from june says hello adam and dulce hey i hope this email finds you well i enjoy your podcast and thought this story might be a nice one to impart a photo i took as mentioned in the story is attached along with this email should you find yourselves curious i am on exchange in japan i'm here in sapporo for five months it's my first time in Japan and I want to explore as much as I can and yet most days I have class so I can't explore much beyond the area around my university. I was exploring downtown Sapporo until late, enjoying walking as it lets me explore more of the smaller parts of the city or stop and literally smell the flowers like I otherwise wouldn't have the chance to. On the walk back to my dorm, there are quite a few vending machines lining either side of the street. Nice. Yeah, it's really cool. It's, uh, Sapporo is actually really high up on this. <laughs> uh, we watch like a lot of Japanese tourism videos that are just people walking the streets. So cool. A Sapporo light? Huge fan. Oh, the beer, yeah. Big fan. I usually don't bother stopping, but this night I was a little drunk. It's all right. And had just left the smoking bar where I puffed back three cigarettes. Ooh. Interesting. You live a rock and roll lifestyle. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Things were a little dizzy. And though I was content, I thought a little refresher might be nice. I passed a couple of the machines I knew didn't have anything I was quite looking for and saw a vending machine on the other side of the street. It was set up against the middle of a low wall of a small parking lot. Against the dark night sky, it lit up the space with the glow. It stood, the prospect that I had been planning on seeing, but there was something that intrigued me, guiding me to convince myself this is what I was wanting. Despite the neon eyes of the screen glaring out into the desolation of the parking spaces, it was creepy. The night was cold and I could hear the strong winds through my headphones. For something so bright and seemingly communicating with the air around it and me as well, the machine stood too still. It was too quiet. But whatever, I'm interested in Japanese folklore and have long learned about the different kinds of ghosts adjacent beings in Japanese mythology as well as urban legends. I was and am very open to the prospect of seeing a spirit, experiencing the supernatural, etc. while I'm here. Genuinely, I encouraged it and welcomed spirits. So pushing against the shackles, I felt my gut feeling trying to lock around my ankles. I crossed the street and walked over to the vendor. I think what this person is saying, like, against their better judgment, like, their bad feeling in the gut, keeping them from going, 
to this vending machine, they went anywhere. As mentioned, with my headphones on, despite being able to hear the wind, I couldn't hear much over the podcast. I was blaring, so I made sure to look both ways before crossing, and no one was around, car or otherwise. I moved to stand square in front of the vending machine, and before I can even start reading any labels or options, my vision blurred over, and it was like my mind was a stereo, with the transmission coming in and interrupting any other thoughts. I have since heard this phenomena referred to as the third man factor. I felt without feeling any physical touch or otherwise external influence as if someone poked the small of my back. My eyes widened a little, my body felt awake, and I got a little chill. My spine straightened from what felt to be each ligament along my spinal column and my back felt a little cold. It was a feeling one might get when someone is staring at them, but it felt so intense as if someone was staring from their face pressed nearly directly against my spine. Yeah. But, but that's only in regards to intensity, as still I can picture where I felt watched from. Okay, it's time we go now. A voice came clearly into my mind without looking behind me, despite feeling watched from maybe 20 feet behind me, roughly around the back right of the parking lot. I just walked away and started back towards my dorm. I was walking more awake now, as the sensation really woke me up. And after crossing back to the side of the street I was previously on and moving forwards a bit, I looked all around. I was thinking, what the fuck caused that? I was smirking more than anything, I found it funny. And really, I was concerned mainly about someone trying to pose a threat to me rather than thinking something spiritual was happening. Still, no one was behind me, though one person was a couple blocks in front of me. But nothing happened from then on, so I just got my ass home and tried to sleep. That entire night, I spent trying to sleep despite feeling like someone was leering over my sheets, as if to look at me, and then moving to lay underneath my bed. It felt kind of like someone was simply there, to be or nearby someone else, rather than someone hiding. It felt less nefarious and more comforting. Not comforting, more so an action done with the intent of finding comfort. So, so com the thing was trying to find comfort. Yeah. As if being near me while I slept brought this soul comfort, yeah. My bed foundation is a block filled with drawers so no human can fit under there, let alone any creature larger than maybe a hamster. Should get bigger drawers. <laughs> <laughs> For the following three or so nights, and even sometimes early to mid-mornings, I would hear knocking on my door. My dorm is set up, so I live along one isolated hallway shared with five roommates. My roommates never knock or say really anything to me, but... In case someone needed me or needed help, I wasn't going to ignore them. The first time I went to the door and opened it, no one was even in the hallway, let alone at my door. The lights in the hallway are motion activated and linger on for a moment after no motion has been detected and they were completely off. No one could have knocked at my door and went out of my range of vision with the lights deactivating by the time I opened the door. That being said, I have a very loud fridge. That makes cracking, popping sounds every now and then. So it could have been that, though that same knocking sound has never been recreated since, despite my fridge's 
usual unique sounds still occurring. I had gone without solid sleep for about a week, following as random shit kept happening each night, along the lines of aforementioned. I was more exhausted than anything, and genuinely simply wanted to be able to rest between my late night exploring of the city and my early morning classes. On my way back from a night of exploring a bit later, I was passing the vending machine and felt a small urge to take a photo of it. I didn't really think anything would come of it, but shrugged and dug my phone from my pocket. Who cares? Worse that come from it is trashing a photo later. After taking the photo, I kept walking. As I passed a machine across the street, I thought something to the effect of, if you're lonely and want companionship, that's okay. But please don't follow me from now on. I think I thought some other comforting sentiments and remember thinking, you're not welcome to follow me anymore. After that, I didn't experience any late night antics and generally just avoid walking on that side of the street. When I was walking away the first night, I experienced this. I had a name pop into my mind, but after looking into the name in relation to the area, I found nothing. I apologize. I no longer remember the name. Thank you for reading this story. I hope you enjoyed. I shared this photo with a few people, and no one, myself included, originally saw anything. I looked again and noticed that it kind of looked like something was behind the tree. I zoomed in on the middle of the second picture. Given how the shadow of the pole to the left falls, the tree shadow looks a bit off to me and obscured by what is centered in the photo. Sincerely, Jade. That story, like, at the start, I was like... Where is this going? Like, you know what I mean? I want to look up Third Man Factor. I've never heard of it. Yeah, I maybe I actually looked it up when I read this. I can't remember. But it's basically like it happens a lot when people actually are like on major expeditions and stuff like that and are lost. Mm -hmm. And they start like if there's two of us and we're lost and all of a sudden there's a third person in the story. And it's like, well, where did he come from or where did he go? But it's like actually just like an energy that they felt. We'll look into this properly later. That's my very rough understanding of it. Yeah, it is like a weird phenomenon, though. You know, that kind of sounds like you remember when my uncle was telling you about that story where they picked up that person. Yeah. And then nobody remembered them or nobody knew what happened to that person that they picked just up in the car and then they were somewhere else. Yeah, and then that person wasn't there with them anymore. God, that's such a freaky story, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It really is. We need to write that down. <laughs> um, but yeah, Jade, like, again, that's what we tell people to do is like, you know, yeah. go back, good intentions, but, you know, you got to say, hey. You got to lay down the law. Yeah. Basically. Like, you can't take the piss out of me. Yeah. Um, But then, like. What happened to that person? Like maybe they died. Let like let's say black and white. This is the ghost of a person who passed away, right? Mm -hmm. We're not getting any further afield than that. Like maybe they just had a tragic accident in and around that vending machine spot, like in that car park, and they're just lonely. Like I mean, a really sad story. Yeah, like we've seen videos of like, and, and people who drive taxis where they stop because it looks like someone's hailing them, and then the person in the back. In the back just disappears. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe true. it's something like that. Like a little hitchhiker. That's what I would call it. Like a ghosty hitchhiker. Yeah. But yeah, I'm glad that like. That's all it was. 
Yeah. And that was the end of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, thanks a mil. I did send Jay the sticker. Oh, good. So there should be a little sticker of Porkchop and Max somewhere in Sapporo, Japan. That's amazing. Yeah. So if anybody ever sees that, take the picture, send yeah. it to us. We want to see it. Tag us and we'll yeah. see it if your profile is not private. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so our next story is from Reddit user Wubanobs34. <laughs> Someone with knowledge, please tell me what's going on. My husband and I, both early 20s, moved into our first house together in Italy this past November while expecting our first child. That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Nothing seemed out of the ordinary. I was alone in the house all day while he was at work and for a month by myself while he was in Germany for work. I was very pregnant and asleep a lot of the time, but when I was awake, I didn't experience anything notable. About a week before our baby was born, my husband and I both started hearing creaking floors and doors closing by themselves. Things would fall off the walls, etc. He is not a believer in any sense, so him validating these things made me start to have feelings of concern. The day I went into labour, we heard a door slam on the other side of the house, but because we were making sure we were prepared to bring home a whole new human, we kind of ignored it. Fast forward to now, our baby is two and a half months old and last week a red rubber ducky was placed outside our bedroom door, sometime between 2am and 5am while everyone was asleep. Baby sleeps in a bedside bassinet. The rubber duckies were all placed on the bathroom counter, rubber duckies, which is obviously completely sturdy, and there were five of them. Why would only one have been specifically placed outside our door in the hallway? And today, I always shut off the lights in the rooms as I'm leaving them, and generally keeps light, keep lights off during the day anyway to conserve energy since it's lights out. It's just my baby and I in the house. I run into our bedroom to grab something I left in there, and turn the light off and close the door. I go back into that area of our house into her nursery about five minutes later and see the bedroom light is on. I shut it off and go back into the living room. Just a little bit ago, I went into her nursery again to grab something of hers and see that there are two out of the three stuffed animals I had arranged together months ago just casually tossed in the middle of the room. We are the first people to live in the house, confirmed by our landlord who built it, and when my mother-in-law came to stay about a month ago, she was awoken by something grabbing her foot. Gross. I don't feel any negativity, but want to know what someone who is more educated in this field makes of this, and if it is something I should be worried about. Is this a guardian angel? Is something following or attached to my baby? How do I know if this has any malicious intent or not? Has anyone experienced something similar with a baby? Hmm. And... I haven't experienced anything with a baby, to be Same. honest. But I have heard of this. Have you? Yeah, I can't give any reference. I'm not, I'm no Paul Besto. Um, but I definitely feel like this is one of those, maybe it's hormonal, honestly, because that, that's the typical thing is a new baby or like an upset in the house or teenager or whatever mm-hmm. brings all this activity with them. Mm-hmm. Or at least that's when we see like a burst in activity. Maybe there's been small things throughout the years. And then all of a sudden there's like a big pop off as like a kid enters adolescence or something, you know, usually a girl. That's not a sexist thing. That's just science. (laughs) 
It's because no, we're special. No, it is though. Like that that is the the facts say that. Like I like to believe that we're closer to the divine. Probably. Yeah, because all dudes are doing at that state. Well anyway. Um but yeah, I think the same goes for a new baby coming in. Like the mother and I'm sure the father are both terrified of everything that's about to happen or potentially could happen. So their own nerves are already up there. Mm. And then if stuff like this has started to happen, like sometimes it snowballs. So I didn't like give any. Uh, actually, I can't give any comments on that because somebody banned me from the yes for some reason. But um, I think it's one of those things that unfortunately she will just have to play it out and see what happens. Like if it gets any worse, then it's time to address it. But as it is right now. Like if one thing is happening and then like two or three months, I mean, that's kind of what's happened to us. Yeah, that's true. Like, I think it could just be your. You're externalizing some sort of energy. Yeah. Yeah, it could be that. Um, yeah, like a shift in the dynamic of energies with the arrival of the child. It could be a shift of energies because of the child itself. Like, but it doesn't seem like it would be a bad thing. It just looks seems like a shift and it could be that you probably had these things like not to this extent but maybe like he said like little things that might have happened that might have gone unnoticed yeah until the baby got home um i mean i would try my best to like for each individual like the parents whoever living it is whoever is living in this house to sort of just um start like taking time for themselves to like settle their nerves to start meditating to start doing yeah. things for themselves to calm their nerves um to get their mental in check you know um after someone has a baby like it's it's never a bad idea to talk to someone because you know usually there's like there there could be some feelings when it comes to like um postpartum, isn't that there's that's one of the things postpartum um some people feel like you know, they're not bonding with their child correctly. And maybe, you know, that's frustrating or, you know, like there's several kinds of things that, I mean, because there's no manual when it comes to bringing up a baby. So you don't know how you're supposed to feel. You don't know if you're doing things right or if you're doing things wrong. And and you worry so much because you don't want to traumatize the baby and like they <laughs> end up growing up needing therapy, you know, like those kinds of they things. Anyway. Right. Like those kinds of things can weigh on you and, and it... It, it could be that one of those, like, you just need to make time for yourself, meditate, get yourself in check, get your partner in check. Um, and if that doesn't work, just address whatever may be in the house because you start need to, you probably need to start, like, uh, what is it called? Um, establishing down, boundaries. Yeah, laying down the law. Like, yeah. And again, this is, we've said it so much. I feel like we're on repeat at this point. Like, you need to go into that room. Like exactly actually like what we were saying in the crown episode, like you need to go in where the activity is happening. State like, you know, hey, this isn't cool anymore. Like I actually had something grab my foot in my parents house. Yeah, you're saying that and that's what you had to do. And then it stopped. Yeah, that was because that was like, OK, yeah. I don't know if this is family, if this is me projecting or whatever. Yeah. But uh, my feet were securely under the blanket when I was. I had my toe wiggled. And, you know, I think your sister had something like that similar happen to her. Yeah. And we don't know if it was a family member or not, but I think she said, like, if this is this person, like, can yeah, you can like you not we, do that? 
we, <laughs> we're fine with the fact it's you being here if you are and uh but like this is my safe space like yeah. you can't come in here like don't be scaring me stuff like that and then if that doesn't work then yeah you need to escalate it to Something somebody else. who knows more than us yeah <laughs> but it is like i can totally understand that's a terrifying story oh yeah all right this one comes from user my bruda my bruda Mm. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> granola people question, question mark, mark. <laughs> my first post sorry for the length that's not what she said that's has anyone <laughs> sorry for the length <laughs> uh has anyone encountered granola like people i am uh, sorry i will just like say these are not me yeah <laughs> not, <vegans. laughs> not people who are vegan and drive subarus have you seen them and have that... roof racks on their car we're I... not all granola people have you seen that meme of like this is what vegans poop looks like and it's just a, a whole banana. bananas in the thing i know the... <laughs> and it is funny because i picked these stories out a long time ago and i literally just had a bowl of granola uh... <laughs> I'm a 20-year-old male, and for years, I've witnessed two granola-textured people. <laughs> like, is that shade? Like, are you <laughs> My first encounter was at the age of five when I lived in my home in Kansas. They were about three feet, two inches tall, with yellow eyes and skin that was textured like granola. I would wake up in the middle of the night to see these two things staring back at me. I would often just close my eyes really hard and turn the other way. That countless times I'd tell my parents they'd brush it off as a kid just being a kid. Understandable. Although one day when I woke up after them being there the previous night, there were two sets of tiny handprints on my bedside. They weren't human handprints, but more of two sets of hands where someone put their fingerless hands. Oh. What? Like the, nobins? Yeah. Like nibblies, like like if Kirby was there. Yeah, it doesn't have Just fingers. Like flippers almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The handprints were made up of a disgusting smelling granola textured substance. My parents were baffled by it and brushed it off as me having a midnight snack. <laughs> smelly granola. Oh, God. yeah, Jesus. These encounters have happened the entire three years I lived in Kansas. Now I've lived in several other states where I continued to encounter these things. Now, I understand as a child, we are impressionable to certain things, but I know I physically saw these things and continued to see them well into my teen years. I have encounters in the other states I've lived in, but this post would be an essay. Has anyone encountered anything similar? I've yet to find a similar case to this and would be interested to hear from the community. That I don't, I've never. No, I. <laughs> I thought I've heard it all. Yeah, and I think that's why I threw that in because it was just so obscure. Like, yeah. and the little people stories, <laughs> I really think they're my favorite stories now because they are like, and so many of them are just like, yeah, I woke up one night when I was a kid and I saw these four little people walking through the room. Yeah. And then that was it. Like, one of them looked at me and, like, uh huh this like held his finger up to his lips or something and you know there's been like several like videos of little people running around people's houses like the like there's several enough like i say several because like i that's all i fucking watch you know it seems like like these little <laughs> clips of like some random little people just running through the house and the whole fucking house just screaming their heads off because they don't know what the hell this is or like people in the woods looking like 
uh, seeing like little fairy creatures in the fucking trees and shit. Yeah. Well, there and, is that one guy who like that's his life, right? Yeah, like, like he just lives in the forest and he's like convinced that there's fairies in like the forest and stuff like visual. And he's he says that he's seen them, you know, yeah. like they're, you know, because like to me, I thought fairies were things that you couldn't see. They're just, you know, like spirits in the forest. But he's like, no, like you can see them with the naked eye. And he uploaded a video where he's like fucking caught one finally. And you like see it like poking its head over the thing. Yeah. Videos that aren't like quite as easily dismissed i think anyway you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and again the more weird stuff i get into the more stories of little people like we were just saying about yeah. my friend uh my iraqi friend um like he was saying that his grandma grandma grandmother used to have them go down with onion skins into the basement mm-hmm. to leave for the mm-hmm. little people like so the the vastness of like from Iraq to Ireland to Mexico with the duendes. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's too many. And like in Iceland and all that as well. Has yeah. Been. Call it what you want. Elves. Yeah. Aliens. Greys. Mm-hmm. Duendes. Mm-hmm. Something there's, is going on. There's like a common denominator of small people. Yeah. The granola skin, though, I cannot. I've never heard yeah. that before. This next one is from Reddit user Lemon Pepper 2021 my dear, my dead granddad, I thought it was my dear granddad. My dead granddad spoke to me through my phone. I originally posted this on Glitch in the Matrix, but was told that this is a better sub to post on. I must state that I did not believe in spirits or the afterlife until this moment. It's baffled me since it's happened. Around four weeks ago, I was getting the kids ready for school and randomly had this sudden urge to go see my granddad at his grave. Like a strange urge, which I've never had before. Until then, I hadn't been to visit his grave in probably close to eight years or more. I'd say more likely ten years. Anyway, I took my youngest son with me, as he isn't in school or nursery yet, and we visited him. I spent about 15 or 20 minutes there and sobbed my eyes out whilst I sat in front of his grave. I never really got to see him as he died when I was three, and I have like one pretty clear memory of him, so... This was completely new to me, but something just overcame me and I lost control of all my emotions. I said goodbye and cleaned his tombstone up a little bit before parting ways. We got back to the car and proceeded to exit the cemetery. I must stress, the radio was not on. There was no noise in the car at all. My phone was in the cup holder, upright, with the case closed, so impossible for me to touch anything or catch something by mistake. My son was being quiet in the back, which is very rare for him. LOL. That's what it says here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I thought there was a joke in there somewhere. Yeah. And we drove out of the cemetery. We got maybe no more than 15 or 20 seconds down the road when my phone's voice, Bixby, Siri, whatever, literally fucking said, quote, hey, was really nice spending time with you today. You've made my day. Oh my god. I pulled over in disbelief of what just happened and called my mom to tell her, which is when I couldn't get it, which is when I couldn't hold it together and absolutely cried my heart out until I could drive again. It was a little bit creepy, but also very, very heartwarming. Could it have been a simple coincidence? I guess so, but I refuse to believe it was just a coincidence. It has since changed my perspective on the afterlife altogether. 
I love stories like that. Yeah. Like the, I mean, look, let's face it. I love all of these stories. Like, but when it's something so modern. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, you don't get like weird stuff like that happening. It's always like, oh, well, my granny told me this story about such and such. And you've no way to dispute it or prove it. But then when something like that happens and like, yeah, there could be a million or more different, you yeah. know, explanations for it. Like say the, the Tesla glitch, like when people drive into cemeteries and they see all the people standing there. Yeah. I actually think that that's a Tesla company joke. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's programmed like that when you're in a cemetery. It just yeah. looks like that. That's funny. Yeah. And I appreciate the humor like behind it. Yeah. But this is so personal like yeah and so specific mm -hmm. there's no i don't think like i think it was your granddad that is very sweet lemon pepper i think <laughs> it was him i forget that that's his user his username something similar happened to me like that that i'm pretty sure i told you like before i had this phone which fucking i tried <laughs> to turn off the goddamn setting and it picks so up on bad. everything that, like, I fucking say randomly. Like, I turned it off and it, it'll still randomly listen. Like, it'll... We'll both be watching Downton Abbey. The two of us salivating over time. <laughs> and then, like, the <laughs> phone would be like, yes. And it's like, yes to what, yeah, bitch? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, before this fucking nightmare of a phone, um, I had another phone who did... Uh, who. I had another phone that didn't fucking do that. So my car has a capability for you. Like you can press a button and like it has a microphone and you can just say call whoever and it'll like start dialing. Well, this particular day I was driving around and I was having a really hard time. And like I was crying in my car. You know, I'll be transparent. I was crying in my car. <laughs> okay. Just having a little breakdown. It was all right. Yeah. <laughs> and like my friend who had just passed away, like I want to say maybe like a month before, um, she had passed away and uh, the, my car just out of nowhere said, call Patricia. And I was just like, what? What the fuck? <laughs> like you have to say the, per you have to press the button and you have to say the person's name for your your my car to react and ask yeah do you like to confirm do you want to call this person uh but i didn't do any of that and it did it on its own and then it just like stopped me in my like it like my sobbing stopped and i was just like i promise i'll i'll be okay i'll be okay patricia you can go with your husband now yeah and i do remember that like talk about fucking touching and heartwarming we were actually very like physically close to her at yeah. that time as well so yeah um yeah god i forgot all about that and you know like something because someone was jokingly said something like about us not being able to live here because it's so spooky and i was like what the fuck like what are you talking about you know i feel like at some point when we first started this podcast that would that that's us well maybe but i think it was more that like the books that we read you know when we're reading like stories and it's like so many things happen to one family and you're like god like should just sell that house but this is spaced out over the last like oh, we're together five six years almost yeah and stuff like this has been happening to the like both of us consistently like over three years and like something might not happen now for the next six months that's true like and maybe that's what it is with like some of these stories where it's like you know, it's yeah. just spaced out where it's the like slow, gradual. Build, I'm not but... saying all of them, obviously, because yeah. a lot of them like we they are they are in like deep distress and stuff. Oh, yeah, but yeah. 
Like, I remember, you know, being so scared at some point, like if I would have, if someone would have told me, like, you're going to live in a house where there's this one instance where there's one instance where you're going to hear heels in the middle of the night, your cat's <laughs> going to freak out just like you are. I would have been like, hell nah, I'm moving out. But now that it happened to me, I'm just like, all right. Yeah. Or like <laughs> the one thing that like still I can't get over was the smell that night that just like <laughs> the perfume that just came out of our closet, walked around our room and then just fucking dissipated. Like, yeah. And it sounds so funny now because it's like, wasn't that fucking weird? Yeah. Like, it's not well, like, it's just like peculiar. Like, it's like, yeah, just like one of those, huh? Hmm. And then you just go about your day. It's not one of those yeah. things that you mull over and it's like, like oh, you're look, terrified the alarm of. Is set for four forty-five. So yeah, like it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're just like I gotta get up at four forty-five. Yeah. Like I I need to get over this Listen, now. Ghost, I've got other shit to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this comes from user Francis Comp. Is that an inside joke or that's just his name? I was just a Reddit usernames. Oh, Reddit okay. usernames are the funniest thing in the world to me. Yeah, honestly. just like that one just kind of like landed flat. All right. <laughs> Maybe they're like a comptroller. Okay, cool. All right, that makes sense. Does it? Whatever that makes. What like what was it? Uh, in office in the office, they're like, "What is a comptroller?" No one knows what a comptroller is. Remember, Kevin Malone told uh, Oscar, and Oscar was like, "Well, this is what a comptroller is." No, I don't remember that. Anyways, I'm a nurse at a palliative care unit in an old hospital. If you're a nurse at one of these units like me or know a nurse, please read until the end. I could use your help. Throughout my years working at this hospital, I've seen a lot, especially being in a palliative care unit. You see, a, why are you laughing? <laughs> it's so enthusiastic about it. Like palliative care is end of life care. <laughs> You're like, I'm a nurse at a palliative care unit. Hey, kids. <laughs> All right. Like, oh, my God. A bit of austerity. Would, is that the word? Wouldn't go astray. I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm self-conscious now. Right. <laughs> I am joking. I'm joking. It's better than just like mumbling. Throughout my years working at this hospital, I've seen a lot. Especially being in a palliative care unit. You see a lot of things other people wish they would stop so, no, fucking I... laughing. <laughs> God damn it, I was a start all over. And it's a serious story. I'm not taking away from that. Uh, throughout my years working at this hospital, I've seen a lot. Especially being... <laughs> Jesus Christ, I can't. I'm not even looking at you. I gotta be over here. <laughs> throughout my years working at this hospital i've seen a lot especially being in a palliative care unit you see a lot of things other people wish they wouldn't for some of us at some point we just have to accept things as they are the unit i work in has nine beds in nine different bedrooms all spread along a long corridor at the end of the corridor is the lift and coming out of it You'd find the cleaning room on your right, where we keep all the cleaning equipment and products, and the nurse's room is on your left, along with the entrance through the stairs. Because of the building and patient safety, and so we can access the other floors easily if in need, the administration forbade us from locking the stairs door. 
This isn't ideal because some of our patients and their delusions can go across our room's door unnoticed and will be a danger to themselves. So we always keep the doors closed by tying a bed sheet around the door handles to keep them together. This is important so you know why what comes next started out so strange. The nurse's room is where we'll spend most of the night shift doing all kinds of activities, including resting and actually sleeping. Usually late at night, my routine would include checking in on all our patients, checking on all the doors and windows to make sure they're all locked properly, checking on the doors to the stairs, and then spend most of the night checking patient files. This night in particular, I had finished with my rounds and was checking on all the cameras. When my nursing auxiliary came into the nurse's room, she asked me if anything else was needed or if she was okay to sleep for a while. I told her she was fine to go to sleep, so she took her shoes off, lay down with her back to the room and me, facing the wall, and went to sleep. I was reading a new patient's file, was coming into our unit soon, to know what to expect and how to behave around him. When I started hearing footsteps walking up and down the unit's corridor. At first, I ignored them, thinking I was just tired, and that my ears were playing tricks on me. It wouldn't be the first time. As they persisted, though, I started wondering what was going on. I took another look at the cameras, but each and every one of the bedroom and corridor feeds seemed completely normal. The steps, though, kept coming all the way to the nurse's room, stopping about two steps away from showing at my door, then turning around and walking back all the way to the opposite end of the corridor. I waited to see if anything changed, but when it didn't, I stood up to go check. That's when one of our patients, the one in room number seven, started calling us frantically. My auxiliary nurse was still asleep, so I walked carefully out of the room, peeked out of the room, and looked around. There was nothing there, and the footsteps had stopped, so I rushed to the patient's room. When I got there, he was shouting frantically, huddling against the bed's headboard with what seemed like renewed energy, shouting at me to tell the man in the top hat sitting on the chair in the room to go away and leave him be. Usually with patients like these in this state of stress, we just go along with their delusions to calm them down. If there are nurses watching, which I hope there are, you know what I mean. In this case, with him screaming in the room, I turned towards the chair and started talking to this imaginary man in a top hat, telling him he needs to go. That the visiting hours were done and that he needed to leave right now or we have to call security. After this, the patient calmed down, thanked me effusively for sending the man away, and lay back down to rest. I went back to the nurse's room and back to studying the new patient. As I walked back in, my heart stopped. All I felt was panic gripping my heart inside me. As I stood there, not knowing what to do, looking at the surveillance camera, there was a big shadow, standing right in the middle of the frame of the camera, recording the end of the corridor, right in front of the bedroom I had just been in. I took one step back and leaned backward to check if I could see anything there and there was nothing. I gave the cameras another quick glance and the shadow was still there, standing terrifyingly still in front of this patient's bedroom door. This time though, when I turned to look directly at the corridor again, this thing was there. For a moment, it felt like everything froze in place and I just stood there looking at it like a fool. Then slowly, 
It turned towards me, a pair of strange dark red eyes showing. It stood like that for a bit, screeched at me, rude, and flew into the patient's bedroom, slamming the door behind it. Whoa. Jesus Christ, I do not remember this at all. My auxiliary nurse jumped awake at the slam of the door and started frantically asking me what was going on. I was out of breath by now. I told her what I had just seen and what had just happened, and she couldn't believe me. I asked her to come with me to the patient's bedroom, and she agreed, starting to become curious. We walked slowly through the corridor, passing every door carefully. I was afraid that anything would come flying at us. When we got to the bedroom this thing flew into, I pushed the door without going in to check for any kind of danger and immediately felt a breath of freezing air hit me in the face. The aircon was on in every room and set to 23 degrees, so this was not normal. 23 Celsius, I'm assuming. Yeah. 23 Fahrenheit, that would be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nothing came flying at us like I was afraid would happen, but there... Right by the patient's bed, there was a shadow. I could tell it was a man, tall and strong with a top hat over his head. I asked my auxiliary nurse if she could see him, not expecting a no. However, that's what I got. She couldn't see anything standing there, and definitely not as clear as I could. Slowly, the shadow turned towards me again. This time, it didn't scream. This time, it slowly dissipated. Immediately, I calmed down. Not only could I not see it anymore, but I also couldn't feel it. The sense of calm came over me, and the patient seemed okay, so we left the room and went back to the nurse's room. My colleague went back to sleep, but I didn't rest until I checked the rest of the unit to make sure everyone was safe. After that, I couldn't help but stare at the cameras every minute for the rest of the night. Eventually, our shift was over and would become the shift with the most intense experience I ever had. The next night... The next day, when nighttime came and I did all my rounds, I went inside room 7 to check on the patient. When I came closer to him, I realized he had passed away. This was my first experience with the shadow man in the top hat, but it wasn't the last, and it's still ongoing. I'm the only one who can see him around the unit, which freaks everyone out. Every single time I see him, it's under the same circumstances. I walk into a patient's room and there's his shadow, at the feet of their bed. I wait for a little while until he turns to me and dissipates. One or two days later, the patient passes away. This is a real story and it's something I have to live with almost every day now. I'm not sure if this thing is killing people or announcing their deaths, but if you're a nurse in a similar unit or know someone who is, please share this with them and comment what you know about it. I need to know what this is, how to deal with it, and if anyone else has experienced the same as me, even if it's a different looking entity. I can keep you updated on here. If people are engaging and want to know more, let me know if you want any updates and I'll make sure to bring them. If you're dealing with this, if you're dealing with something like this yourself, know that you're not the only one. Maybe this will help you feel less afraid. But yeah, someone in this comment section of this story, I guess, also spoke of receiving a phone call from their dad who had passed on. So I was actually linking that to the to the story that we had had previously with the person in the graveyard mm. coming out. But yeah, I did have this weird scream noise come through my phone. Um, right before I moved here, we had... Uh, geez, I'm going to put this at the end of the other story. That's yeah. 
right before I moved here, yeah, we had just been to the Hellfire Club and um, yeah, we were having like a party in my house and my mom's friend was there and my cousin had just left, but he was driving. So we were like, oh shit, like my mom's friend needs a lift. I'll just call him and have him come back real quick and grab her and go, right? But as the phone was dialing, this like crazy scream sound came through it. And it was only like five or six was there. Carl and Sarah were there, the people who got us these. And they all heard it as well. Like well, that's how loud it was through yeah. my phone. Like, yeah. Um, but that story, though, the nurse story, terrifying. Like, I, honestly, I've got no, I can't give you any advice on that. Like, that, that's awful. But I, I definitely wanted to include it because, yeah. It's terrifying, but if we do have any nurse listeners, which there has to be someone. Um, well, Claudia is a nurse. Claudia is a nurse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's really scary. And then I don't know like what, what to believe, like not what to believe, but like if this thing is causing the deaths or whether it's just there to cross the bridge or do whatever it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Is there a difference if these people are like at that stage anyway you know or maybe it's a looky loo just somebody who's being pervert like you know what i mean like just it's just observing it's just observing maybe maybe either way i do not have the answer but i would love to hear from you guys and then this one is the last one okay and it's very serious but it's sent to us by anonymous all right okay Once upon a moonlit night in the quiet town of Willowbrook, nestled deep within the heart of New England, an old church stood as a beacon of history and mystery. St. Mary's Church had seen generations of townsfolk come and go, their whispered tales of unexplained phenomena passing through the years like cherished secrets. Among the most enduring of these stories was the legend of Joe Pesci's ghost. (laughs) Joe Pesci a notorious figure during his lifetime, had met a tragic end within the confines of St. Mary's Church. His restless spirit, unable to find peace, had chosen the sacred grounds of the church as his eternal haunt. Over the centuries, the ghost of Joe Pesci had become a local legend, striking fear into the hearts of those who dared to enter the hallowed halls. Is it an AI story? This is, it may be. This might be Joe Pesci's ghost's perspective of the night when Zack and Aaron came to exercise him. So that's exactly what this is. One chilly autumn evening, two very eccentric ghost hunters, Zack and Aaron, arrived in Willowbrook, uh, which actually, ironically enough, is the name of like our local mall. And I didn't put that in here. I thought it was Willowbrook Mall, but you were like England. I'm like, oh, that's where New the name England. came from. New England. Anyway. Zack and Aaron arrived in Willowbrook armed with an unusual choice of weapons. Rubber fists. They had heard of the infamous Joe Pesci haunting and saw it as the perfect opportunity for their unique approach to ghost hunting. With cameras rolling and rubber fists at the ready. (laughs) Zack and Aaron entered St. Mary's Church, their footsteps echoing in the dimly lit nave. The cold air sent shivers down their spines as they ventured further into the church's church's depths. Suddenly, a flickering candle on the altar caught their attention. It danced with an eerie, otherworldly flame. Zack whispered to the camera, Did you catch that? 
We've got some serious paranormal activity here. Aaron nodded, his rubber fists clenched tightly. <laughs> and we're going to get to the bottom of it. With a fist. As they moved deeper into the church, they began to hear faint whispers in Italian echoing through the ancient stone walls. The words were indistinct, but the tone was unmistakable, a mix of anger and despair. Remember in Home Alone? Oh my God. Oh Joe Pesci's ghost, dressed in the sharp pinstripe suit he was known for in life, materialised before them. What are you two doing here? He demanded. <laughs> he demanded in a gruff voice. Zack and Aaron exchanged excited glances. We're here to confront the spirits, Zack declared, brandishing his rubber fists. Joe Pesci scowled. Rubber fists? You think those can harm a ghost? You two are more foolish than a barrel of monkeys. <laughs> But Zack and Aaron were undeterred. They approached Joe Pesci, swimming, swinging their rubber fists at the ghostly figure. Prepare to be pummeled, Aaron procre- proclaimed dramatically. Joe Pesci chuckled, his, incorp- his incorporeal form unaffected by the rubbery assault. You two were a real piece of work. Suddenly, Joe Pesci decided he had had enough of their antics. With a flick of his ghostly hand, he sent Zack and Aaron tumbling backwards, their rubber fists flying through the air. As the ghost hunters lay on the church floor, slightly bruised and thoroughly humiliated, Joe Pesci shook his head in disbelief. I've seen a lot in my time, but you two take the cake. Zack and Aaron quickly scrambled to their feet and made a hasty retreat, their rubber fists left behind. Joe Pesci watched them go with a bemused smile. He knew that he would continue to haunt St. Mary's Church for centuries to come, but he also knew that he had just encountered the most peculiar ghost hunters in all of his years of haunting. So there you have it. I don't know who sent this to me. (laughs) But I will say it's nice to have both perspectives on this one story. Uh, And Wow, I don't know what to tell you, ghost person, but... Listen, maybe it was Joe Pesci himself. Listen, I don't know. He was kind of rude about Sinead O'Connor. I have heard that of a phenomenon called a ghost in the machine. So maybe that's what this is. <laughs> 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 but yeah, there you guys go. So this is our titillating tales of true terror. Um, I do want to say thank you to all of our patrons. Patron, patrons, sorry. Um, our next series coming up was suggested by one of them. And it kind of fucking blew my mind, to be honest. Our list now has gotten quite long. I don't do every single one, but I try and pick the ones that that catch me, that catch my eye. Yeah. Also, thanks to the people who are rating and reviewing. Just because we've been here for a while now doesn't mean we don't need that stuff. We desperately need that stuff. So please rate, review, do all that stuff. Um, If you're listening on whatever app you're using and you want to get visuals for this, check out YouTube. If you're on Spotify, you should be able to watch the video along with it. I know a lot of people like to listen and then be able to open it up and see what we're referencing and stuff. Um, And yeah, that's, I think that's about it. We're done. Okay. See you guys next time. Bye. Bye.